Welcome to TV7 Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region. Shalom from Jerusalem. Welcome back to Watchman Talk, a series of conversations with Israeli military and security experts and practitioners. And our guest, our special guest for a second part of our conversation is Rear Admiral Dani Hagari. Welcome. Head of operations for the Israeli Navy. In our earlier talk, we stopped uh, when you either pulled or did not pull the rope when you dived uh, with your partner, which means that you are in distress, that the time has come to uh, surface. What is the purpose of uh, this signal? Well, we talked about being alone and being uh, a two-person mission and counting uh, on your fellow mate. And uh, uh, we discussed it on uh, the nature of the commando warrior. And I think the nature of a commando is from alone to a squad to a, to a team. And uh, the most important thing that uh, the dimension of the, of the sea as itself conducts a rough sea, uh, streams underwater, different kind of difficulties uh, that you don't get in other dimensions. And it's always long. It's not an hour flight. It's always long. It's days. It's nights, uh, it's hours, long hours, and uh, you have to create this kind of science in order to survive. When you don't see and you don't have other sensors, you need to create this kind of science. And so those signs are, are good for other uh, dimensions as well, as you talked about uh, uh, the dimension of being part of the staff, of the, of the chief of staff. This was a good lesson learned uh, in no. that sense. While you are on such a long dive, or perhaps um, you you go on a submarine for several days until you get to wherever your mission is, what goes through your mind? How how do you keep from being bored when you you have to swim for a long time? You can't always think about the mission or the technicalities. What was your favorite topic to think about? you need to know how to jump from zero to 100 very, very fast. In instinct, in action, you also need to know to wait, to wait for the right time to strike. And waiting and, pa- and being uh, uh, passionate uh, 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 in time for the right time to come, it's a very important uh, uh, characterize. And I think the submarine as a vessel allows you to wait to the right time to strike. And for uh, a commando man, this uh, vessel and this opportunity to wait to the right time to strike 
is a magnificent is a magnificent uh, way to get better operations so you stay on board you don't go out until you know that uh, the conditions are right for you to leave the submarine and get wherever you want to the war between wars which is uh, the characterize of our uh, period and your unit was awarded for its excellence in it under your command the war between this is right but uh, the war between wars characterize if I would characterize it uh, you have to write to wait to the right conditions you cannot operate in any condition when the right condition come you have to operate and sometimes it's all in minutes all in hours and then from zero to one 100 and having the right instincts it's a very very important and being sharp and I think the another characterize of the war between wars is being accurate because when you're not accurate you create a strategic uh, problem by uh, collateral damage for example so it's precision guided warfare by humans yes but I would like to go back to To uh, maritime superiority please and uh, and the significant role of the Navy in our period and uh, I've listened to your conversation with uh, Shaul Khorev and you stopped around 2006 and you, and you reached to the SAR 6 class missile boat missile boat yes and uh, and I think when I look at the missions of the Navy in our days I The mission of the Navy is the freedom of navigation and the maritime transport is one of the main transport in the world where in trade no I mean in trade effort of the world but where in what theaters in the Mediterranean in the Red Sea uh, and for other countries of course uh, other places your, your sphere of interest your sphere of influence goes all the way down not only the Gulf of Elat but the down towards Babel Mandeb and Indian Ocean and Hormuz? Yes, it goes with the way and the passes of the way of the uh, maritime transport uh, to Israel. And in that, in that case, besides the freedom of navigation, the Navy has a role of maritime, of achieving maritime superiority during a war. Against whom? Who are your enemies? The enemies in the first circle uh, are Hezbollah and Hamas, which are armies of terror. But and not navies of terror. Exactly. And, and, and as you know, uh, when you build a force, you have to have a reference threat. And the reference threat is always what is the severe threat in the area. And a reference threat is from two quantities. One is... is the capability and the intention or more the bad intention that the other side have. Sometimes they have attention but they don't have the capabilities. And what we've seen since 2006 was the beginning with the Hanit and the... This is uh, the missile boat which was hit by uh, a coastal missile. Yeah, the C-100-02 uh, conducted by uh, Hezbollah. Has, has shown us that our enemies in, a fir- in the first circle, but from guidance from Iran in the third circle, are building a different kind of force. Well, while we were focusing on Syria and Syrian Navy, but I think all the IDF was focusing on Syrian threat until the beginning of, of 2000, 
in force buildup in every level of the IDF. 2010. 2010, and, and, also, and also, I think, but after 2006, there were understanding that we are dealing also with another threat. So the force buildup has changed to the asymmetrical warfare that is created by Hezbollah with accurate missiles, PGM missiles, uh, anti-missile uh, crews uh, from the land with different kind of sensors to the sea without surface vessels. And uh, Hamas is a copycat of this version. And uh, what we are seeing now is those threats are being combined with a new threat, a UAS system, unmanned drones, air systems, also drones in that, in that sense, but not just drones. And this manufacturing, uh, uh, PGMs, precision guided uh, missiles, UAS uh, systems, uh, anti-missiles... Uh, against your Navy boats or against gas derricks and, and uh, against, commercial shipping? Against the uh, Israel essential assets at sea and also against uh, the Navy as a, as a Navy. As, as, as Nasrallah saw the, the Khanit as an achievement, a big achievement. You mean symbolically prestige? Well, of course, because it, in the end of the day it was sailing, came back and it went back to war. And when what we saw at Guardian of Walls now with Hamas, Hamas trying to create an achievement with an uh, unmanned uh, uh, vehicle, underwater vehicle, going uh, to hit uh, an Israeli uh, target. This is a sort or, of a submersible that smugglers use in Latin America? No, it's not no, a sophisticated no, no, submarine. No, 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 it's more an, an explosive, uh, uh, unmanned, uh, uh, submersive uh, vehicle. Sort of a uh, torpedo. Yeah, because in South America they use uh, different kind of small submarines to, to smuggle, smuggle uh, 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 drugs. Drugs, exactly. Uh, what we saw with Hamas intentions and capabilities is to shift it more to the unmanned version, although they have commandos and scooters, etc. And I think the biggest change of the Navy is the understanding in the first circle, he should shift his offensive capabilities to the land and to prevent the threat going to sea. From what the U.S. Navy used to call from the sea, not necessarily expecting a new Trafalgar or Midway, but taking your firepower from the sea to the shore. Exactly. And before that, prior to that, the Israeli Navy used to deal with threats at sea. Now we should prevent them to get to the sea, because in the sea you get to defense only. And strengthening your defense, because... You have to play a game when you don't have no goals in your gate. Uh, and in that sense, it's a big challenge. Maritime superiority achieving because it's a slippery, uh, it's slope. a slippery slope concept because maritime superiority is a combination of air, surface, subsurface, but it all starts from the keystone, which is the intelligence superiority. If you have the keystone of intelligence superiority, you can get the superiority in the other domains and also in maritime superiority 
but you need to bring a force buildup that will know to deal with those capabilities. So what are the priorities, even though this may uh, be more germane to the, the other rear admiral uh, who builds uh, the force, what are the priorities regarding surface vessels, submarines, commandos, and also when you were the leader of Shayetet Loshesre, there was no staff function at Navy comparable to what is happening uh, with other elite units in the Air Force or intelligence, where there is a comparable or even superior officer supervising the unit. You are your own um, supervisor, except for the operations uh, division. This is right because of the, uh, the unique uh, commando capabilities that are conducted at sea, the diving, the boats, the raid, Uh, unit, uh, so you remain the the uh, the, the expert. The, the expert, exactly. But the war between war period, uh, which its main target, if we talk before about the threat and the capabilities and the and the intentions, is to deny or delay the capabilities. So even the other side have an intention. His capabilities are denied or delayed, like uh, the Lebanese uh, uh, Hezbollah's tunnels that were uh, uh, denied three years ago, yeah. years ago. like uh, other uh, uh, operations that are dealt to delay. And, and the characterize of the war between wars is that it's better when it's Kalandenstein, covert. Sometimes it's kinetic, As long as it's not public, it has better so, achievements. So what percentage, we talked about percentages earlier of, of uh, commanders, what percentage of your shayetet, your unit's operations were made public? You know the entire stock and uh, the media only exposed uh, a little. Uh, what is the percentage, roughly? For the war between wars, it's better not to be public. It's better not to be in the media. And it's better to leave it on the uh, Kalandenstein and covert way. It's better because you play the game under the table. Not to provoke your not adversary. You. Exactly. It has different rules. Especially on containing and deterring, it has different rules. So I would say that if there were the mistakes that were done, the right way to do it is not to speak about it. Mistakes? Not to speak about those operations. That would be the right way and the biggest way to create more achievements in the future. So this is not because of operational security, but because while the ruler on the other side may know that uh, his country was hit, his public doesn't know, so he doesn't lose face. Both. Because... You have to preserve your methods and guard your methods. And you have to play a game which is under the radar. Some refer it as gray zones, but under the radar. In place where you have different... Under the waves. You have different kind of rules. And for my unit and for the Navy, all our enemies has seas next to them. From Syria to Lebanon 
to Gaza. Only Afghanistan and uh, Switzerland are landlocked. The rest of the world usually has shores and, and rivers and lakes. Now, um, how do you evaluate the threat of the uh, Iranian um, Quds Force, the Revolutionary Guards, uh, because they took over most of the uh, roles of the Imperial Iranian Navy. There are still two arms there, but the IRGC uh, is uh, uh, the most militant, the mo uh, tries to be most offensive. What is uh, your uh, evaluation of them? I see the Iranian as a very dangerous uh, opponent because he deals with the two domains uh, or with uh, two main goals, more accurate. One of it is creating a nuclear capability. And again, we talked about threat and uh, intentions. It's a very, very severe threat. And if the time comes to deal with it, the Navy and particularly Shaitan Shloshi would have a role in it? The Navy should find the ways that he contributes to the IDF and Israel and as a country in the best strategic way. To be a strategic uh, 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 force for the Israel as a country, but also for the IDF in his way that he conducts operations, wars, etc. To deter and defeat? To deter and defeat. Decisive defeat, uh, which is a better defeat. But the other threat that the Iranians are building is a ring of conventional warfare with PGMs, UAS systems, different kind of missiles, uh, sea missiles, cruise missiles. Bases? Yemen, other places? Bases as a ring around Israel, entrenchment all over the area, and this conventional threat, also with an intention and capabilities that are being built for a nuclear threat, puts the Iranian as a dangerous opponent, and we should be focused in the war between wars and also in the force buildup how to conduct in the best robust way to deal with this threat. But over the last several months, uh, the maritime dimension of this war between wars uh, has come up, has come uh, to the surface. Is Israel winning this uh, war? Uh, is it a tie, a draw? As I said before, I think in, in the war between wars, uh, we should not uh, put public of the things we do. I, th I think we should prevent the Iranians to do terror, aggression at sea, as we saw at the Mercer Street. This is an act of terror aggression against innocent civilians, and we also saw it uh, conducted in Aramco, in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia in 2019, and it's done by the same method, the method of UAS systems, conducted from Iranian soil or from Iranian entrenchment in the area. But if the Iranians choose to designate um, a vessel 
could be uh, a container ship, uh, uh, could be a tanker, um, one of whose owners happened to be an Israeli or an ex-Israeli, how can you protect all of these targets all of the time? Well, as I said, the beginning is the intel superiority, the keystone for everything, for decision-making, for the way you do force build-up and for the way you operate the force. And Israel should defend Israel assets and Israel... Uh, uh, ways of transport uh, all over the globe. But there are other things that are globally uh, need to be supervised. The Mercer Street is a global problem. It's not an Israeli problem. The Mercer Street is not an Israeli investment. It was registered in London. The Mercer Street shows the problem that even if you go to uh, the UN or, to the, uh, or you get a resolution in the UN, it's not enough. Like Aramco, uh, aggression should be stopped in this area, in, in force measures. Now, both the Bersa Street and Aramco are in the theater of operations of CENTCOM, and the naval component of CENTCOM is the Fifth Fleet. The um, commander of the Fifth Fleet, uh, Admiral Brad Cooper, has been to Israel twice, has been your guest. Uh, you showed him around. Um, how does Israel benefit from the shift from Yukon to CENTCOM and, in your case, from the 6th Fleet to the 5th Fleet? I just want to put it more accurate. Uh, Admiral Cooper was the guest of Admiral Sharvit. And, uh, the CNO. After that, Admiral Salama. And uh, I was just an assistant for that, uh, for that thing. And they both signed... Uh, uh, a business, uh, not a business, a plan of, okay. of uh, training and precision. Uh, for pro those, protocol prevails. You for were those, for just the, a humble servant, as you said. For, the, for those two navies. And, uh, and I think Israel is benefiting from going from, uh, to CENTCOM. And CENTCOM uh, is a responsible, especially the fifth fleet, the responsible of from the Gulf, the Persian Gulf, to the Gulf of Oman, Straits of Hormuz, to Arabian Sea, the Red Sea, the Gulf of Aqaba. Those are areas that uh, has different kind of interests of Israel, especially on defense interest. And I think uh, uh, today, the only way to get more uh, holistic uh, capabilities is doing it by cooperation. And in that case, the fifthly, uh, a cooperation with the fifthly, and then with uh, the CMFs that are conducted by the fifthly, the Coalition Maritime Forces, for uh, preserving uh, a free navigation, for preventing terror at sea. And as I mentioned, we are not the only country that are being threatened by UAS uh, systems, and also we are very lucky uh, to have the Abraham Accords and the peace with uh, Egypt and the peace with Jordan. This is part of the Israeli uh, doctrine and perception of uh, security, and we should find the mutual interests, how to defend each country by itself, but also as a and holistic when there are holistic problems. So when you um, meet with your 
counterparts from the Egyptian Navy, the Jordanian Navy, the Emirati Navy, others perhaps, Bahrain. Um, what is uh, your perception of their professionalism? The first thing I would like to, to say about that is that you need to be very uh, uh, delicate uh, when you talk about other countries. Because every country has its own interests. And uh, every country has, uh, even when you get a peace treaty together, every country has its own interests, especially in the Middle East. Uh, and I think we should leave it to every country has its own interests, but we should look for the mutual interests that we can uh, agree upon and work upon. And the, the significance of the maritime domain, it's, it's far away. Not everybody can see it. When you meet, you're far away, as long as you don't publish it. And I think the maritime dimension will allow us to have more mutual and normalization way with many countries in the Middle East. So it turns out that part of your commando training was in diplomacy. You know uh, what to say and not to say uh, publicly. Uh, even when you have strong opinions, you keep it uh, to yourself or outside of the media. But let me ask you, Admiral Hagari, a former commander of Sheyetet Shloshesre, the Israeli equivalent to other elite units. If you compare your unit to the special boat service in Britain, to SEAL Team 6 in the United States and other forces, where are you in this table? I think we're in a good place in the table. When we meet and talk and we, and we meet and talk, and, uh, Do you also train against each other? When we meet and talk. Uh, and, uh, and as long as we understand that we need to learn and need to get better. And the only way you get better these days is doing cooperation. Cooperation inside and cooperation outside. We have a safe future to being a good, a good unit. Admiral Hagari, um, we only have a minute or so. What would you say to an Israeli youth, an 18-year-old, um, who uh, doesn't uh, know, isn't sure whether to enlist in Shayetet Shloshase or in the Navy in general, or in another elite unit, or to become uh, a fighter pilot? What would you recommend? Why choose to be a commander? I think the future will give the maritime domain and the Navy more significance. Why? Because it's harder to conduct air superiority in the area because of different kinds of systems. And the maritime domain, it's still the most Kalandenstein domain, the most covered domain, and more capabilities with BHC. And least uh, vulnerable to cyber? For those youngsters, I would say, if you want to be more operational, the Navy will give you the, a lot of, a lot of, they have a lot of what to su suggest to you. And I think we will see more complementary uh, uh, missions like air defense and air, and, uh, and, uh, air strikes from the sea to the land. Because the sea will still be more safe in that, sea, in that case. Admiral Danny Hagari, Head of Operations for the Israeli Navy and the Naval Commando. Thank you very much for uh, two parts of a very fruitful 
and interesting conversation. Thank you very much, Amir. Thank you for joining us in another TV7 Israel podcast. For more content, visit our website at tv7israelnews.com or follow us on social media. 